for joining me this evening. I am excited to let you know that we have a very special guest with us this evening. But before I let you know and introduce our guest, I would like for you to know that many of you have responded when I reached out and asked you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Well, so many of you did just that. And I want to say thank you so much for responding and supporting the Lotus Flower Podcast. You can help us reach that 1,000 mark by the end of June, 1,000. Now, there is nothing that's too hard for us, you and me, our followers of the Lotus Flower Podcast. When we put our heads together and we put the prayer together, we can accomplish great exploits. So 1,000 followers by the end of June. Now, the aim of the Lotus Flower Podcast is to educate, empower, and equip households, parents, millennials, grandparents, married couples, singles, individuals that are in college, individuals that are seeking a good and encouraging word, and those that just want to be in the know. I want you to know that we purposely make sure that we have stories that are culturally relevant and that give voice to African-Americans. Oftentimes in this space, we don't find ourselves, but more and more as the years go by, more and more people of all different walks of life and from all different races are beginning to take part in podcast. So I would encourage you, if you're not one that has listened to podcasts before, or if it's something altogether different for you, then reach out, start listening to the Lotus Flower Podcast. We air live on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then if you should miss our live airing that's streaming here on Facebook and on YouTube. You can go back and listen to the podcast on YouTube 24 hours a day, seven days a week at your leisure. Or you can also listen to the podcast on wherever you might find your podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. So listen and be encouraged. Well, once again, I am your host, Dr. Pamela Robinson of the Lotus Flower Podcast. Now this evening, our special guest is Pastor Laquando Minor Sr. Pastor Laquando is the pastor of the Living Water Christian Church. It's based in the greater part of Chicago, Illinois. Pastor Minor has been preaching the gospel since 2001. 
along this journey, he has served in many capacities in ministry and the Lord has used him richly. We thank and praise God that even as a child, when his father, the late Pastor Minor, was pastoring their family church in Chicago, that Pastor Minor was brought up right up under his father, along with his brother and his mother and their family, and he ministered with his father, and he cut his teeth on the word way back then, and he learned how to minister, even as a little boy, taking the hymns of his dad and charging right forth into what the Lord had for him. So I would like for you to know that Pastor Minor has served as a youth pastor with his father at the Union Grove Baptist Church and he has also served as an itinerant pastor traveling all over the United States. And he has now, he and his wife served faithfully with their own ministry in the greater part of Chicago. We thank and praise the Lord that Pastor Minor is my cousin by marriage. He, he delivered the eulogy at my late husband's homegoing celebration. And it was so moving and so touching, entitled The Comeback Kid. So we thank and praise God that my late husband and I have a wonderful relationship with Pastor Minor and our niece, his wife, the beautiful Tamika Minor. They have been married over 27 years. Can you say that with me? 27 years. That's almost unheard of in this day and age, but God has saw fit to keep this couple together for 27 beautiful years. And they have three children that are God-fearing, wonderful kids. They're smart, they're inquisitive, they're mannerable, they're respectable, and most importantly, they are Christians. So we thank and praise God for this man of God that thought it not robbery to come and be with us this evening to share on the topic of wrong turns turned right. That was the topic that he chose himself. And I am really anticipating hearing Wrong Turns Turn Right, the Lotus Power Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. Welcome, Pastor Lequando Minor. Would you greet our guest? God bless you all. It's a pleasure of being on this podcast, and I hope that something that we say to you may inspire you, may encourage you, and may charge you up to go forward in this walk, in this time of um, where we we really need God and we need direction and correction. So I'm just excited about being on here and having the audience that may tune in to us to be able to be encouraged and be blessed by something that we would say. Thank you, Pastor. So Pastor, I, when I reached out to you, I said, 
what would you like to share with our listening audience? We know I so I told you that our audience is not only right here in Raleigh, North Carolina, or right there in the greater part of Chicago where you are, but I said our audience is a global audience and it's a captive audience. And it's one that the Lord has strategically placed here for us to minister in this space. And I said, with that in mind, knowing that we're talking to non-Christians, Christians, seekers, onlookers, all people, what do you think that the Lord would put on your heart to share? And you went back and you sought the Lord and you prayed and you came back with the topic of wrong turns turn right. Now, can you tell me, first of all, why did you choose that topic? Because this topic is universal. It can apply to you, whether you came into the knowledge of Christ or you on that journey, or you just by yourself and you need help. So wrong turns turn right. That can be applicable to unbelievers who make wrong decisions, as well as believers who sometimes when we get out of the spirit of God and get out of the position where we need to be, we start to make decisions up on our own. And therefore, because we're human, uh, believers and non-believers, we're human. We all have to find that place where we can get back into God to be able to get back and make those turns that we and decisions that we made to get them back on track. And the scripture that I chose speaks to that, which is Romans 8 and 28. It speaks to that matter where all things work together for the good of them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So that's where I come, that's where I get that from. And thank you so much. Romans 8 and 28, a very familiar passage of scripture. And you can see that here on the screen. Those of that you are that are listening, if you want to go ahead and write that down and study that out, I believe that would be very something that would really feed your spirit. Romans 8 and 28, very familiar passage of scripture. And um, how does that scripture tie into wrong terms turn right? So when Paul spoke about that, he said, and we know all things work together for the good. That's something that's hard to believe when trouble come in our life and when things happen, people leave our lives, all type of matter of situations. And as I look, I look at it from the starting point of financially. Uh, that was one of my one of my main topics I want to start with because when we get financially, we make a lot of bad decisions. Amen. We make a lot of bad terms that we dig ourselves in certain type of ditches by the choices that we make. Uh, unguided, unguided, and unguarded. So when it's unguided, we do what we want to do. It's unguarded, you know, it's it's we we go into positions we spend where we don't need to spend. And it all calls us to have havoc and heartache. And a lot of times we don't understand the fight, put the financially with wealth. And I believe that on this topic, it shows us that we can correct the terms and the decisions that we make. We can make them right through God. We can, we can get back on track. Now, can you give me an example of a wrong turn 
that may have turned around 360 degrees into the right direction. Can you give me an example of, of something like that? Yes, I can. One time I was working a job and at this job, I was actually, I was the manager of the department, spray department. And what I did, I was trying to, you know, because the company wanted you to pump out so many parts. And uh, upon that time, someone in maintenance stopped the, stopped the line and put a lockout tag on it, but they burnt the parts in the oven. They didn't let the parts come out the oven. So I took the heat for that. And behind that, I was younger. That was my first job. And I they demoted me. They, they put me in a different department and uh, everything just happened all back to back. And I took I took the responsibility for something that I didn't do. But mm -hmm. it caused me to find out that what they were paying me at that company. Mm -hmm. I found out that when I I went to another job and I worked another job with my mom, they was paying me one time and a half. And I was at the lowest scale at that job. I found out that through that, that even though it felt bad, it looked bad, I never had experienced that. It pushed me into a better place where I got more um, understanding of a new role. I, I was I understood how to make different equipment, different parts and run different lines. So with that, even though it, it, it was meant for bad, God used it to bless me. I, I didn't I didn't know that they was even paying more money out there. I thought I was making the most money that could be paid and I wasn't. I see. I see. So the Lord took something that was supposed to do you harm. Correct. And he showed you how it turned it around for your good. And sometimes right. it takes a different perspective to be able to recognize that. There are times in our lives that we sometimes just want to jump the gun and just say, I, okay, I quit. Okay, you're doing me wrong. You know, you're not paying me right. You saying that I have done something here that I didn't do. You're accusing me of things that, that I know that I never would do. There are times in people's lives that are listening in the podcast tonight and that will listen later on that they say, okay, I quit. If that's the way it's going to be, then I quit. I'm not going to go on. So how can they get the audacity to fire me when I'm sitting here working this job, getting up early in the morning, staying late, and then go home, go to bed, get back up and do the same thing, sometimes seven days a week, and then they have the audacity to, to actually do me like this? So flesh will kick in and say, okay, I quit. Now, would you encourage someone that's under the sound of our voice tonight not to quit? There's somebody right now that's on the verge of wanting to quit. Yes, I can, I can speak to that. I can remember when I wasn't fully understanding of, I was younger and I had my, my home and everything just went up and like, okay, that foreclosure, everything. I was a young man. That was my first home. And the devil was speaking to me, telling me life ain't worth living. Just give it up and quit. Give it all away. You, 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 uh, they calling you, they calling you all day and night. They telling you they want the stuff back. Give it up and quit. <laughs> but I found out that if he, if I had done that, I wouldn't have been in the place that I am now. He told me this will be the last house you'll get. But that mm -hmm. was a lie. Mm -hmm. 
He yes. told me this will be the last car that you get. That was a lie. So mm -hmm. if I can inspire anyone that's out there, don't give up. Reach beyond the break. Right be at the darkest hour. Mm -hmm. That's where you find that God come and shine a light. If you would, if you can hold on, promotion will come. Mm -hmm. And God will show you something greater if you could reach beyond that break. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you. So hold on. Don't quit because it's at the darkest hour, I heard pastors say. It's at the darkest hour, oftentimes, is when the breakthrough is coming. Now, talk a little bit more about financial wealth. Why is that tied into wrong turns, turn right, having financial wealth? Because if you don't have, see, it trickle down. Sometimes when we don't have the understanding of finances, it comes through your hand, but it leaks right back out. The worst thing that could happen uh, with a millionaire, if I can say Mm -hmm. to have been a millionaire, but not no more. So sometimes the enemy allow us to go through finance, to have, to touch finances and touch uh, having things, but we have no wisdom. So when I looked at James one and five, he was talking about if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So what happens is we don't ask God for his wisdom. So wealth, sometimes people look to obtain riches. Mm -hmm. But riches can come and go, but wealth is something that's sustainable. So I wanted to speak to financial, financially wealth, because when I get to the next topic, it's going to, and I trickle all the way down to the topics, it shows how that could hurt us or bless us. So Amen. we want to be blessed. We want to ask God for his wisdom when he give us finances so it could be substance and not something that we want just for our fleshly needs and then it's gone that's good that's good and so when someone gets off kilter with their finances and they go the opposite way and they're young and they're not they're making these poor choices is there ever an opportunity that will arise that will allow them to literally turn all of that financial calamity around is it is it possible when someone has literally ruined their credit they were young they were they were were foolish and how they were planning with their finances and it just ended up in bankruptcy or it ended up terribly to the degree, so terrible to the degree that they weren't able to get any credit. They weren't able to get a home. They weren't able to get a car. They weren't able to actually matriculate into any areas of society. So in that situation, it was dire. Is it possible to turn something that to that magnitude around? Wrong turns turn right yes it's possible it's very well possible because the first thing is we have to admit and see and sometimes you know i want to back back a little bit when we're young we make those fast moves and make moves but i found out when we old we do the same thing so what we're saying is we want to make those wrong turns 
turn right so we can look and see what it is that we're doing, what we're spending, what can we what can we eradicate out of our habits? And then we have to give them to God because in our own strength, because we have been we've trained ourselves to not really uh, guide ourselves and be unguarded and unguided that we need now with the power of the Holy Ghost to really to stop us from making moves that we that we'd make because we'll take that till we get we'll take it to the grave but i believe that in james again one and five where he speaks and said if any man lacketh wisdom let him ask of god and if first when we submit ourselves to god he'll show us and expose us to ourselves. yes he then will. we can resist the devil which means that the things that we want the things that we can't wait for the things that like i want a lot of things i want a private jet but I, I found out that if I could just speak that into existence, it'll fall down on the whole neighborhood. So I, I, I can't just create that. I have to first find out what does it take to run a jet? How much does the fuel cost? Who's going to drive it for you? How much do that cost? So a lot of things that we just want to grab, we have not stopped and really looked at it and seen what will it cost us? How long would it keep us? My dad always referenced and said, sin would keep us longer than we want to stay, mm -hmm. take us further than we want to go, and cost us more than we want to pay. And That's I believe it. if we would submit to God, he could turn those things around in our life, and he will. That's right. Say that again. Sin will do what? Sin will keep us, take us further than we want to go, keep us longer than we want to stay, and cost us more than we want to pay. That's right. That's excellent. That's excellent. That's excellent. Meaning that when I wrap that up to mean that it sounds to me, it's best not to get on the road of sinning, get used to doing things and cutting corners and making those poor choices and thinking that, okay, I'm just going to hit it and quit it. But it sounds like that that type of behavior could oftentimes get you caught up into something that will keep you so long to the degree that it will actually take your very life. If it doesn't take your life physically, it will take your life spiritually and you'll be like a whitewashed grave. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yes. Now, I, I wanted to save this little part for later, but I better say it right now. You know, this is what I found out in every area of our life. Okay. Jesus, he comes to the door and knock. Yes. And if he, any man him and open, he'll come in. Now, majority of the times when we're operating within ourselves and we're really not, we're, we're, we're staying on the path of wrong terms. Mm -hmm. Jesus come and he knocks at our door. Mm -hmm. We let them in. Mm -hmm. so oftentimes we let them into the things that we want him to fix. But right. those things that we have our hand on, we hide them for, from Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, if, if you're gaining weight and you don't like your body and you don't like your health, or the doctor told you something about your health, you'll let Jesus come in, sit in your kitchen, reorganize everything in your kitchen, go in the refrigerator and take out what you don't need. That's so right. now, when it comes to your money and money is getting scarce, everything is going down and it seems like you just can't get ahead. You will let him come and you'll open your pocketbook or your purse and let him see all the things that you have. 
And what he'll do, he you'll, he'll fix it all for you. That's what you want. But then you'll get to places like your bedroom and your relationships. And right. you'll say, this is off, this is offline. This right here, I'll fix it myself. But Jesus is not that type of way. The way that he operates, he says, if I'm going to be Lord, I'm going to be Lord of all or Lord of none. Because if I fix your health and how your eating habits is and you have a problem with your money, when your money starts to get funny, you go and eat more. You know, you go into a position of just start to uh, gouging on things to try to comfort you, comfort food. Then if he deals with your money and fix that, but you have a relationship problem, what happens then in the relationship problem that caused you to have to spend more money because now you're using money trying to get yourself to satisfy yourself, to please yourself. So what I found out, let him expose everything to you, shine a light on everything to you, and then everything could be made whole within your whole life. And I'm going to break all that down once we go on into the next point. But I want to get that out there to make sure that we didn't miss it. Amen. Amen. And that, that ties right into the next point, which is talking about relationship bridges. It ties, it goes right into that. Now expound on to, to my listening audience this evening about how does financial wealth law fall right into relationship bridges? How does that fall right on into that? Because when when you are financially wealthy, you deal with people that have like minds. Mm -hmm. If you start to run it with people that don't see and, and don't understand how to deal with finances, don't understand how to build up, it will be an oxymoron. You'll be running up and they'll be the fuel line will be dripping and everything that you're trying to build will come back down. So. Mm -hmm. When we talk about relationship in the bridges, some bridges are made mm -hmm. to be exploded because mm -hmm. sometimes we run into these relationships. It could be with family. It could be with friends. It could be with all, all type of different situations we found ourselves in. And those bridges, some of those bridges are bad. But then at the same time, those bridges allowed us to see which way we should not go the next time around. So even with that, the wrong turns turn right. It taught you something. It taught you that these bridges, best when they let up, don't you go and try to jump over them because they let up for you to go a different direction. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we get ourselves and we, we we get ourselves wrapped in into it with, with finances and then we start to spend and do things with people that's not sent by God and it pulls us right back down and those two things start to mesh in. So bridges, we have to know and be led by God to know when it's time to erode these bridges or when it's time to turn a different way and say that it taught me all it needs to taught me when I look down and seen where it took me to. Amen. Amen. That makes good sense. So a bridge it's going to take you through the relationship that that oftentimes, if you're not careful, can be one that can pull you in the wrong direction. Correct. But the bridge also can be one that can take you over into 
the right direction. Correct. If you cross it right. If you cross it right, that's right. Okay. Now, if you don't cross this bridge right and you go into a relationship that you have no business being in, are you saying that that wrong turn could actually cost you tremendously? Yes. Could be that you could actually get stuck there. For longer than you want to stay. Longer than you want to stay. Yes. Yes. Longer yes. than you would want. It costs you more than you want to pay. Mm -hmm. it, and and with this now, this could be business relationship. Mm -hmm. This could be uh, within family relationships, or it could be with um, uh, two parties in a relationship. And it could cause, all those things can cause you pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can get out of them, mm -hmm. but sometimes they can keep you longer than you want to stay. And some, yes. that's why you have to know which bridges are to be crossed because if you cross over in there, you're going to have to stay a while. It doesn't matter what town you go in. Once you cross over into the town, you come over the bridge or you go over the London bridge or if you go over the Mississippi bridge, you're going to have to make a turn to get back out of it, but you're going to have to experience what's on the other side of that bridge. Amen. And then when the experience was on the other side of the bridge, those are called consequences. Correct. There are consequences to our poor choices. The Bible, the Bible talks about sin being pleasurable for a season. That's but right. seasons change. We know that winter is not always going to be winter. Now, where, where I come from in Michigan, winter was a long season. Sometimes it, it, it stole some of our summer away. But That's eventually right. it came to, a, came to a change. And winter, when we make a wrong turn on that bridge could be a long stretch and you think that you're going to literally freeze to death meaning the choices that a person has made in their lives will cause them to suffer to the degree that they just want to actually sometimes just end their very lives because of the detriment that they have gotten themselves in by crossing over that wrong bridge and into that wrong relationship need it be business Need it be a relationship with another, your significant other? Need it be a relationship with a school system, a financial institution? I hear you saying, Pastor, that you've got to really be careful to make the right turn That's when right. you are crossing over those bridges and the bridges are likened to our choices in life. Now, give me, give our listening audience an example of a relationship that was on the bridge. Now I'm talking figuratively. We got a relationship and a person is on this bridge and they're ready to walk on over to this other side. And oh, it looks so good on this other side. Everything is rosy. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Everybody's all dressed to the nines. And I'm thinking I've got to cross over this bridge because on the other side, I see this relationship. And I'm talking about a relationship with a significant other that the Lord has not orchestrated or ordained to happen. But I've got to get over there to this because everything looks so pleasing. Can you give us an example, especially those under the sound of our voice tonight or those that are going to listen later on? 
so that they won't have to go down and cross over that bridge and crash and burn. What should they do? Well, I, you said that the birds was chirping. Yes. The 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 sun was shining. Yes. Uh, everything just seemed in order. Right. That's that's right there enough to tell you don't cross that bridge. After everything looking good, everything looks like this is a prince charming situation, or you can, it's it's too good to let go situation. You need to stop and consult God right there. Don't cross on it. Don't cross on that bridge. Just wait a minute. Now, I found out about when I use that. You you refer to the season. The thing is that if I can tell the listening audience, there's four seasons. And when you have four seasons, what you got to understand that things could change within those seasons. That's Sometimes right. you can find that significant other in the wintertime. They can wrap up and want to keep warm with you. Right. But when it changes, when it, when it gets springtime, they won't hold the umbrella for you. When it get fall time, when it get fall time, they, they start to travel. But when it gets summertime, they want to be out and roam around and you can't find them. So right. you really don't want to get yourself moved quick without God moving into a path with someone that you really don't know and that God did not send you to and that God did not ordain you to get yourself involved in. Because once you get over into those bridges, it's going to take some wear and tear off of you. To get you to get you back out of that, or to get any type of soul ties with a bad situation. So, I learned, and I learned from experience, and I learned that uh, everything that glitter is not gold. That's right. That's why wrong turns turn right. Sometimes you go through things, but when you go through them, the thing is that you learn something while you went through them. It's no right. sense of spending a lot of gas or somebody told you that at the end of the road, there's diamonds and rubies. And when you drive all the way down there, you find out it's not there. So right. it costs you something to do That's it. So it's best to, um, it's best to slow down, consult God. Don't make those moves because it's hard to get out of. Now, when someone has not listened, you've given them godly wisdom, you're you, uh, the pastor and you've actually spoke these words with thus saith the Lord put on your heart to say yet and still they still don't listen and they go ahead and they do it anyway and then they suffer this consequence when that happens how should we respond as godly women and men of God and especially those of us that are in leadership position how should we respond to that person what should we do what should our reaction be toward them? Well, if you was in the flesh, you would say, I told you so. But you don't want to do that. You, If whatever situation happens and you've, you've spoken, you've tried to give offer godly wisdom, what you do with that individual, you allow them to come back. And we, we confess our faults towards one to another. And if they're willing to confess their faults, if they're willing to come to you or me or someone else and say, hey, this I know you told me I went down the road. I found out that it was a dark it was a dark end and a dead end at the end of the road. Right. And that's when you restore them. You pray with them and say, hey, you've learned this. Don't go back that way. Use godly wisdom going forward because it's only going to cost you. It's only going to cost you more and more by making more wrong turns 
without correcting them and turning them right. So I would restore them. I would uh, encourage them that we've all failed. We've all been in those type of ways, but we can't stay there. Righteous man falls seven times, but he got to get back up again. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. And so restoration is available. That's right. Restoration is available and we should reach out to our brother and our sister and restore them back to their rightful place. We shouldn't get in the flesh and talk about them, um, get on Facebook and spread hate, haterade around, tear their character down. Oftentimes when we do stuff like that, it actually points right back to the character that the person has within them. That's right. When a person responds that way, I'm going to repeat this. Oftentimes it shows what is actually on the inside of that person that cannot restore their fallen brother or sister. It lets me know that they have some growing to do themselves in that area. That's right. Yes. Those are bridges, relationship bridges. If you find yourself in that position, you will find that it did more harm than good. So with relationships, we look to bring on godly relationships. And I found out that two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. And you really can't, you can't fill up someone tank and it takes uh, 93 gas and you're putting, uh, you're putting H2O water in there. You'll have to be able to, because the spirit begets the spirit. The spirit have to bear witness to itself. So mm -hmm. uh, we have to be in a position where we can, uh, even us who get into relationships where we trust our heart with people, we have to be cautious with that because uh, so did Samson with Delilah. So we can't, we have to know what bridges, what uh, people to put in our space. I, I often tell people, women, especially in men also. You have a right to ask someone who shows up in your life late, what did you come for? Mm -hmm. And then that way, when you question that, then that would give you, that would eradicate you from being put in positions where someone's lying to you or someone just want you for this or that, or they are uh, trying to use you, which create bad relationships. So a lot of things is to avoid these things. But if we go through these things, we do have an answer and that's in Christ. Amen, amen. And allow me to chime in and be a little transparent here. You know, I'm a widow now, it's been five months and I'm on Facebook and I am on social media and I'm on these things mainly because I'm tr I am promoting the gospel. And this is a, and an amazing way to reach the lost and unsaved people is over this type of platform. So the Lord has allowed me to rebrand myself and rebrand the ministry. And in doing so, you know, I might look a little different, a, a, a whole lot different. And, and I thank and praise God for that. That is the inward part of me that's healthy and whole and living and thriving and it's coming on forth onto the outside and it's showing vibrantly like the yellow I have on is vibrant I'm saying that to say with relationships to tie it into that because the Lord has is yet 
healing my heart because my husband, for those of you that may be listening and may not know, passed away rapidly after being diagnosed with stage four advanced lung cancer that had spread to major organs in his body and the prognosis was not good. I'm saying that to say, as the Lord has walked with me over this five months journey thus far, he's allowed me to come out and be vibrant for him and be on fire for him and flow. And I thank him for that. So as I'm doing that, I have different men that are in these spaces of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn that might see my picture and see my face and I'm looking vibrant and all and looking fine as wine. <laughs> and they see this and they seem to think that it's, it is for them to go ahead and try to reach out to me and get into a relationship with me in five months. And that's what I do, Pastor. I instantly block them. Block that's them right. right off the space. I'm like, I ain't got time for this. My husband has just transitioned five months ago, and I am yet going through a grieving process. And I do not have time for internet stuff that I don't even know who you are on the other side of the screen. You could be a woman for all I know and just have a man face up there. You could be telling me that you the, you have a PhD and you may have never graduated from high school. So I'm saying this to my sisters and my brothers. I want you to know that just because somebody shows up in your space on these social media platforms, that doesn't mean that you need to go ahead and sign up and cross that bridge. You got to know that the Lord ain't sent nobody that way to you that quick, especially if you're going through something like I'm going through right now. You got to give yourself time to find yourself. You got to cross back over that bridge called singlehood. Yes, I'm single by default. Never thought I'd be here. Didn't even want to be here. My, Me and my husband were, were married until death did us Heart, and we thought we would grow old together, but the Lord had another plan. And so I'm saying that to encourage someone also, don't cross over the bridge too fast. Because if you do, you're going to get burned. Like Pastor saying, don't play with fire. Just because somebody's on the social media and they're wooing you and telling you how good you look and how fine you are and all of that, don't fall prey to that. Shut it down. Block them off of your social media and go on and continue to look fine as wine because you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to attract a man to, your, to yourself or men. You're maybe not doing it to attract a woman to yourself right away, but you feel good about yourself. And it's okay to feel good about yourself. It's okay to look good and smell good and live good and ride good, work good and live good and be prosperous, but yet and still keep God at the forefront. Do not cross over those relationship bridges and end up 
making a mess of your life prematurely. Thank you for allowing me to say that, Pastor. Did you have anything that you might want to share on what I, what I just said? Yes. So when you say it's been five months, right now, your heart is open. Mm -hmm. And the devil knew it also. Mm -hmm. So normally when a surgery goes on, they have to close you back up. So don't, no infection or nothing come on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. So you have to allow God to mend you back together again. Like you say, sometimes the enemy will come through any channel he can. That's right. And you don't know who he is or what he is, but he'll come, he'll come through to try to stop you, to try to block you, to try to cause you to get way down when God has freed you. So I would say to you and to anyone out there that may have a likewise experience, it may not be the same exactly. Be patient. That's right. Wait on God. Understand that it's consequences on every side of the bridge. That's right. What it could be financially, it could be spiritually, it could be um, intimately. Either way, there is there is consequences that can hold you longer than you want to stay. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you, if you cross over that bridge prematurely. You're going to have a premature situation on your hands. And we know with premature situations, they are really hard to manage. And sure. sometimes you don't make it back across the bridge alive. That's right. That's right. So think about that. Thank God. Relationship bridges. And then you had a point whereby you wanted to share with us about health and how health ties into wrong terms, turn right, health, the temple of the whole man. At Talk the, about that, Pastor. At the end of it, when we, when we speak about the temple of the whole man, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, when we speak about that, these other two points mm -hmm. all come down into what's being housed in this temple, whether it's going to be healthy or unhealthy, mm -hmm. you can bring something to the temple and find it to be totally unhealthy. And mm -hmm. if it's like that, it's not going to run right. You, you right. can't you can't run efficiently if the other two things are not working right. If yeah. you always having problems with your finance and you working from week to week, paycheck to paycheck, it's going to cause you it's going to cause you to start your health to start to. To, to decay because you're trying to figure out you stressing yourself, staying up late at night, trying to figure out the bill collectors calling you, uh, robo calling you. So now your health is affected mm -hmm. along with you done already went through the relationship. Now your health is effective, affected. So what do I want to do? I want to make sure that I don't let anything enter into this temple. Mm -hmm. I have to start to kick things out of this temple. So, it could become clean and a temple of the Holy Ghost. So the whole man, my finances, mm -hmm. my relationships, mm -hmm. even my health, mm -hmm. everything is under subjection to God. Everything that I do, I line myself up to do it in the discipline that God will give me. And I believe that if we can get on that page, I believe that a lot of foods, a lot of medications we take, it'll start, they'll start to, fade away from off of us. A lot of um, 
money situations and issues we have would also start to fade away off of us if we have discipline in our health will cause great health in the total man. And how does one go about getting that discipline in the realm of health? Well, what we do, we first have to offer our temple back to God. We, we got to understand that first. We can't, we don't have strength. After, if I've been eating uh, pork chops all the time, all my life, all the time. Okay. Um, I have to gain discipline and strength from God to be able to so let him expose to me so I can see just how I'm doing this temple that I have. I've, I found out a lot of times praying for people and, and I said I wouldn't do it this way. A lot okay. of people, and they were asking me to um, do like, you know, healing and deliverance service. Okay. I said, well, I can't do healing and deliverance. I could do deliverance. Okay. And then healing will come. So okay. if, if, if we're going to talk just like we're talking now and we're going to return right back to where we started from, nothing's going to change. So you need deliverance to be able to see it different. And That's then you can say, well, maybe I'll eat, I'll go from eating three pork chops down to one and a half. That's right. That's right. Because how am I going to get rid of high blood pressure if I keep soon I leave and you prayed for me and I got healed and I went back and done the same thing. So I need deliverance to change my mind. So yes. you have to have a change of your mind. And that could work with your finance, that could work with your relationships, and also with your health. It have to be deliverance, have to take place. So that works with the financial wealth, that works with the relationship bridges, and it ties right back into health, which is the temple. That's right. Of the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking real good tonight. We're talking really good listening audience. I'm repeating myself because sometimes those of us that are so spiritual, we don't consider health tied into the spiritual realm. We think that as long as we can get into the church and get prayed for, go up there to the altar for those of us that believe this way. Some of us under the sound of my voice may go, may attend certain parts of the vineyard that don't have altar calls. But from where I'm from and pastors from, we are from the vineyard that they have altar calls. And an altar call is at the end of the message, then the man or woman of God will call people up to the altar and ask if you have a prayer request. And at that time, they may have a deliverance service go on. They may have just a prayer and anoint you with the oil and have the elders pray with you at that time. Well, I have come from a, an experience whereby people would live, some of them, not all of them, it was a, a, a part of the vineyard that I was attending and my husband and I were, late husband and I were ministering in this part, of particular part of the vineyard. And each and every Sunday we'd have, uh, we would be called up to the altar to, uh, to pray as we were elders at this particular place, a vineyard in the Lord's house. We would be called up to pray along with the other elders and we would have 
people come up week after week after week. And it's okay to go up week after week after week. But sometimes when you come up there week after week after week with that same situation, you wonder, did you get prayed for today? And then you left out the door on right out that door and uh, everything that, that was said and all the prayers that went forth, were they stripped from you at the door as soon as you went out? Because you come back the next Sunday and you're wanting that very same prayer. And it's almost as if we're living off of that Sunday prayer. But I hear pastors saying that you've got to have a change in your mindset, a change of perspective. And when you change your perspective in that mind, then you will be able to grasp these three points, the financial wealth, the relationship bridges, and most importantly, the health that we do not talk about too much in some parts of the vineyard, that that is where we might make those really good changes that are going to be solid so that we won't have to keep coming back and forth to that altar with that same problem that isn't going anywhere. And we wonder why, but we're so spiritual and we are so holy and everything is okay. And I ask you, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Praise the Lord. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored of the Lord. But at the same time, I'm dying of high blood pressure, diabetes, and we call it sugar in some parts of the mm -hmm. vineyard, you know. And we wonder when pastors talk about health, how that ties into everything in our lives. Why is it that sometimes, not all of us that are listening, but why is it that sometimes some of us leave that health part out of our spiritual lives? I wonder why that is. Well, because it's so tied to the flesh. Now you can have all the money. If, if, if you, if you took the financial wealth and you took that part and you become financially wealthy, mm -hmm. but your, 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 your uh, discipline with your health is bad. You'll either a use all the funds to try to keep to cure yourself and keep yourself keep yourself afloat, or you'll have a bunch of money, but your health will be so bad someone else will spend it. So God idea was for the total man to be equal, equal all the way through, that we can walk in the beauty of holiness and we can also have discipline in our lives. So just because you can buy all the food on the menu just because you can do all of this and all of that doesn't mean that you should so right. a lot of times to your to your question a lot of times that like i told you when i when i i wanted to bring out that point we have certain parts in our life we don't want god to deal with right. you know if you like to eat how you want to eat you'll let them in your house you'll let them deal with your relationships you'll let them deal with your financial parts but you'll put a padlock on your refrigerator That's and what right. god is saying and what i hear god saying is just like if i'm a smoker and i smoke and i when i go to the house to the vineyard when i go to the house of the lord i have my cigarettes up under my seat mm -hmm. and i hear god saying this is why in a lot of churches there's a lot of a lot of women 
and more women in the church, the men tend to see not to be as many men as there are women. But I'll tell the women, just like I'll tell a smoker, tell it, tell that, tell that fella to come on, come to church with you and see what happened. And tell all those Facebook friends that follow you to come and meet you at the church, the house of God. What you find out is the things that's hurting us, we're hiding them from the light. And when we come to the house, to the vineyard, we don't bring our problems. We hide our problems and bring our body. But we yep. don't bring the, the thing that's holding us. That's why he says, lay aside every weight and every sin, which so do it easily beset us. So we can run a race that's efficient. We can run a race without burning out ourselves before time or dying before time. So uh, we don't eat, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't live to eat. We eat to live. We don't, we don't live. We, we was created to give God glory in everything that we do. So that's why he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Lord. So that's, that's, that's what I think. I think we've been hiding the thing that's been destroying us. You can't come and ask for prayer for liver to, to God to deliver you from liver cancer. And you got the bottle hid up under your seat when you get out the tabernacle. That's not going to work. That's an oxymoron. You need deliverance. So what you got to do, you got to bust the bottle. You got to rip the cigarettes up. And the only thing that give you that type of strength is the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's excellent. Excellent answer. Just excellent. Excellent. Difficult topics, difficult things to swallow, listening audience. But however, sometimes medicine just don't taste good. But it's the medicine that sometimes it just don't taste good that is good for you. Uh, there was once a, a professor in my uh, seminary that, um, that my late husband and I attended. And he said something like this, Pastor. He said... Um, there are times in our lives that um, things just don't seem to be very palatable. Things just don't taste good. And I just don't want to do it. Well, he said, he gave us a story that went like this. He said there was a time in his life that his mother used to cook this real nasty deer meat, venison, because that's all she had to cook for the kids. There was like seven of them. And she actually was a widow because the husband had passed away as the children were young. So she would get this venison from one of her neighbors and she would cook it up. And the kids hated it. So they didn't even halfway eat dinner when she would cook this venison. So she came up with this clever idea, Pastor. She said, what I'm gonna do, she didn't tell them, but she was thinking this. She's like, what I'm going to do is I'm, a, I'm going to let them eat this meat without them knowing exactly what it was. So she made it so that it was palatable so that they could actually receive it. Now, this is sometimes how we had to do people that we're working with in order for them to receive it. So what this lady did is she cooked that meat up. She put some onion in that meat. Oh, it was sizzling so, and it was smelling the whole kitchen up. She put some garlic in there, fresh garlic cloves. She had broke them and she peeled that skin off. She chopped that garlic up. It was all crisp. She put it in the pot. It sheared all up. It was smelling so good. Then she put in her gravy 
that she made from scratch. Put a little flour in there. She put a little oil in the flour and then she mixed it all up and it turned brown and it was bubbling and it was hot. Ooh, it was smelling so good. I can smell it now. And she made all that up. And then she made uh, some rice, some buttered rice. She put all that butter in that rice and some salt. And she put that rice on a plate. And there were seven plates that she put all the little rice on. And then she put that meat with the gravy mm, on top of that rice. And she called them kids in. She said, y'all, come on in here now. It's time to eat. Come on in here for playing. And they came on in, washed their hands, sat on at the table. They said, mama, ooh, this smells good. My God, oh, it was so good. They was just smacking their mouths. And oh, I forgot to tell you, she made a little cornbread with it also. And uh, they was eating and they ate all that meat up and they ate that cornbread when they took the, took the, you know how we do way back when they took that little bread and they sopped the, oh, that little gravy up with the, with the bread and they just didn't leave nothing on the plate. And then at the end, they was like, mama, mama, what did you feed us tonight? What was this mama? Guess what mama said? Mama said, that was that deer meat that y'all don't like. It was the deer meat that I've been cooking night after night. Y'all didn't like it. She said, but I prepared it differently. And when I prepared it differently, Y'all ate it. I made it so that it was palatable. I made it so that it went down right, even though it didn't taste good when I put it out the other way. But when I put it and fixed it around this other way, y'all were able to take it in, not knowing what it was that you were eating. And mm -hmm. that is how the Lord does us. There are times in our lives that things just do, don't line up and we want to hide the cigarettes. We want to hide the alcohol bottle. We want to hide the crack. We want to hide that we're popping pills. We want to hide that we're prostituting ourselves. We want to hide that we're suffering from mental illness and depression. We want to hide that we might be a wife beater and a cheater. We want to hide all that stuff because when we get before the Lord, it's just not palatable and it hurts when we are convicted. But we know as spiritual leaders, pastors and elders, we know how to fix it up. Just like mama in that story fixed it on up for them and they was able to take it in. Well, the Lord has a messenger tonight in the form of Pastor Laquando Minor that knows how to fix it up. He knows how to fix it right up so that you'll be able to receive what thus saith the Lord. He knows how to make it palatable because he's strategically placed here for such a time as this. Wrong turns turn right. Wrong turns turn right. Our topic tonight that was chosen by Pastor Laquando Minor. Again, he said he chose that topic. Why? I'll have him reiterate that again as we hasten to a close. Once again, Pastor, why did you choose the topic of wrong turns turn right? I chose that topic because it's relatable to everyone, the saved and the unsaved alike. 
it would draw the unsaved to say, you know what? I never thought I could be saved. I was that person. You was that person. Such was some of us. And that topic will let us know that nothing and no turns that we make that we can't turn them back around and make them right. If we allow God and allow what Paul said in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of them who were called. And although the ones who was called, it was, it, he said that if we love the Lord, basically he'll fix it. He'll turn it around. All Amen. things work together to the good of them who love God. Amen. And beloved, those of you that are listening under the sound of our voices tonight, I would encourage you to be not anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God will surpass your very own understanding and it will keep your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. Wrong turns turn right. Scripture reference Romans 8 and 28. Talking points, financial wealth, relationship bridges, and health, the temple of the Lord. Health, the temple of the Lord. Our special guest this evening was none other than Pastor Laquando Minor Sr. of the Living Water Christian Church in Greater Chicago, Illinois. Once again, he is my nephew by marriage. His wife is my late husband's niece. And I thank and praise God for you this evening for joining us and sharing richly. Before my late husband transitioned, your uncle Curtis, Pastor Curtis is what you call him. He wanted you to be on this podcast. And now I'm sure that he's smiling down on he from heaven saying, Pastor Minor, Pastor Minor, Thank you. Thank you for joining my beautiful wife this evening for the Lotus Flower podcast. Pastor, do you have any closing words for us? Yes, I would say that to all the listeners, seal this in your heart. Don't let the enemy steal it away. Act on it. Put it into process. And you're going to see change come for the good of them who love the Lord. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending this hour with us, the Lotus Flower Podcast. And know that a seat of welcome always awaits you here in this virtual space. We will have Pastor Miner's wife, Lady Tamika Miner, on the podcast coming up in april thank you pastor god bless you we god love you with the love of the lord god bless good you night. good night
Pastor Laquando Minor of the Living Water Christian Church in Chicago, Illinois. What a word, what a word, what a word. Wrong turns turn right. What a topic, a thought-provoking topic. He spoke to us this evening from three points. Financial wealth, relationship bridges, and health, the temple of God. Once again, make sure that you study the word out for yourself. Romans 8 and 28. Study that. It's a very familiar passage of scripture, but it's a powerful passage of scripture that I know that you will be encouraged by. I want you to know that the Lotus Flower Podcast, we not only want to share these tangible words of encouragement with you and bring to you guests that have lived experience to encourage you. However, we also want to be able to put some products into your hands whereby you can enrich your spiritual life. I have written several books and created a set of culturally relevant flashcards. The first product that I would like to show you this evening is my dissertation that I wrote some time ago. And it is entitled, Educating the African-American Church Toward Those with Mental Illness. This dissertation was written roughly seven years ago as I was pursuing my doctorate degree. And it is available on Google. It is available on Amazon. It is available on the Emerging Hope website. And it is available on ProQuest. Those of you that are scholars, purchase a copy. Those of you that are pursuing your doctorate degree and you need research materials centered around African-Americans and mental health, purchase a copy. Those of you that just want to know what the research is saying about African-Americans in the church that have mental illness and how they function in that type of environment and what supports are yet available to them and how to build your ministry around people that have mental illness? How can you be a support to them? How can you love on them? How can you walk alongside them? There are graphs, there are research, there's data that will be in this dissertation that I would encourage you to purchase. Also, I have written The Color of Hope, African-American Mental Health in the Church. That book was written as a companion to the dissertation. I extrapolated the information from the dissertation and put it in the form of this book to make it more palatable for those that 
do not want to purchase or read a dissertation. Oftentimes, people that purchase and read dissertations are researchers, are doctoral students, are people that are wanting more data on this particular topic. So the Lord allowed me to extrapolate that information, put it in the form of a book, The Color of Hope, African-American Mental Health in the Church, and it is available for you to purchase. Scan that QR code, get your copy of The Color of Hope, African-American Mental Health in the Church. And I'll let you know that this book has been really selling each and every month. I'll go and I'll look at my Amazon author's page and I see that at least five to eight copies per month are being purchased. The book is actually on the shelves at the Kalamazoo Public Library in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where I am from. It is actually in several bookstores in Michigan as well. And it's actually available in what's called the Library of Things in the Kalamazoo Public Library in Michigan, where people can actually take this book out and read it and return it at no cost. What a blessing. I also wrote the Blooming with Hope Parenting Educational Manual. This is the third edition of this manual, and it is available once again by scanning the QR code or going to my website or going onto Amazon and getting your copy of this parenting educational manual to enhance your parenting skills, to enhance the way that you work with young people in our school systems, to enhance the way you work with black and brown students, to enhance the way you interact with your youth group, the children that are coming that may be disenfranchised, that may need someone to understand them. Well, in this manual, there's, there is a wealth of information that you can utilize upon purchasing that manual. Then I created the Blooming with Hope New Coping Skills Emotional Regulation Flashcards. We know that so many of our youth are challenged today with trauma, trauma from past abuse, trauma from school shootings, trauma from peer pressure, trauma from body dysmorphic images and feeling as though they're too fat or too small or too skinny or too dark or too light, just not fitting in. All the trauma, even little children as young as three. So purchase a set of these flashcards and it will give our kids the opportunity to be able to talk about those emotions that oftentimes they're not able to articulate yet and still if they're on a flashcard that emotion they can actually point to the emotion or tell you this is how i'm feeling and then on the back of the flashcard there are coping skills that will teach our young people how to actually process and deal with that particular emotion that they may be going through. Scan the QR code and get your copy today. I would encourage you to share this not only with your children, your grandchildren, and those that are in your immediate family, but get a copy for someone else. Be a blessing to someone else. Thank you 
for joining us this evening once again for the Lotus Flower Podcast. We will be airing every Tuesday, every Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, streaming live on Facebook and on the Lotus Flower YouTube channel. Then you may also listen to the podcast on audio platforms, wherever you find your podcast episodes. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Doing so, every time an episode goes live, it will show up in your inbox so you will miss an episode. You will be in the know. You, you will hear speakers such as Pastor Laquando Minor share richly something that is going to build your spirit man up. Thank God, thank God, thank God. I am Dr. Pamela Robinson. I am looking forward to seeing you next week for the Lotus Flower Podcast. Now be sure to share this episode with your social media network. Go ahead, share it with them. Let them know that you don't want to miss the Lotus Flower Podcast with the host, Dr. Pamela Robinson. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed evening. Thank God, thank God. Good night.